Good, good evening, everyone. This is Bubba's Bodyguard Podcast, available on all major podcast platforms. I am blessed to have Mikey Taylor along here with me. Mikey, how you doing? I'm doing good, and you? I'm great. Thank you so much. Um, can you just kind of touch? Um, can you kind of touch on you know about like your upbringing, where you're from, and eventually how you get started into skateboarding? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Southern California. Uh, my upbringing was, uh, I think, pretty typical for uh, somebody who grew up in the 80s and early 90s out here. Mm. Uh, you know, played baseball, hockey, rode bikes, just like kind of typical fun, uh, uh, kid things. And then uh, one day I was I was in about seventh grade and uh, I saw a kid riding a skateboard. It was like one of the cool kids and I wanted to fit in. So uh, I got a skateboard as well. And uh, then I very quickly became obsessed with skateboarding. And uh, it, it was during a time where skateboarding was really small. It was still kind of uh, underground and anti-establishment, like kind of super punk. Uh, but you know, I loved it. And, and that kind of, uh, took my life, I think, then in a different direction than, uh, I'd say most kids were heading. And, uh, that eventually led to me becoming a pro skateboarder. Absolutely. And, um, what is your encouragement out there to anyone that, that, you know, sees the, the BMX or the skateboarding things of that, you know, nature, what is your advice to them if they want to get into it and not just get into it, but excel? Oh man, I think it all comes down to time. It's like you, you, you become good at things based on the amount of time you're willing to put into them. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you want to, if you want to be good at something, just dedicate more time than the guy or girl next to you. I think it's, it's really that simple. Absolutely. And um, what, what is, uh, you know, obviously you've learned a lot throughout your journey, Mikey. What is the most important thing that you hold dearest to your mind? Like every day that you learn that, that is most important. Oh, the most important thing I've learned throughout my journey uh, for me, and, and this is probably going to be real specific to my personality, mm-hmm. but uh, the best thing for me was not comparing myself to others. I, mm-hmm. I think like, you know, uh, growing up and then, you know, becoming a skateboarder, I was constantly looking to see uh, kind of how much further along the people were around me. And uh, it, it led to a lot of, just comparison and focusing on someone else as opposed to what I wanted to accomplish. Uh, and I think that was probably my, my biggest challenge was uh, just ignoring where other people were and focusing where I wanted to go. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, 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 re- I did some research and due diligence on you, and I've seen that uh, you were uh, at two of the four X Game events uh, in 2013. Touch on that and the importance of that and what it meant to you. Oh, you, you know what? The- this answer is not going to be as good as most people would hope. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll explain why for skateboarding, uh, like our industry and our culture is more uh, focused on creating video parts. Mm-hmm. It is uh, not as big of a focus for us. So even though like something like the X games gives us visibility to people that don't necessarily see skateboarding, which is great. Uh, the big accomplishments for us is when uh, we, we, you know, we put a year or two years into creating this mm-hmm. film uh, that, that, that like, that's kind of what our uh, careers really rely on. So the X games were like a cool experience, but it wasn't like a, Oh my gosh, I made right. it. Uh, I, I felt more when I was, you know, when I'd have photos in magazines or put out these video parts, that was 
I think more important uh, on my end or a bigger milestone. Absolutely, and um, you know, since you since you covered uh, kind of a an elaborate amount of things there, what would you say? Uh, obviously, you've had some proud moments, some some uh, you know nice accolades. What is your proudest moment throughout your journey so far? Uh, total journey or inside of skateboarding? Uh, we'll, we'll say uh, you know uh, inside of skateboarding. Um, inside of skateboarding, my biggest accomplishment was probably my own shoe, having a signature wow. shoe, um, which, uh, you know, in, in, for, for those who mm-hmm. don't know skateboarding, kind of how it goes is, uh, you're an amateur skateboarder and that means companies, uh, will give you free mm-hmm. stuff and potentially pay you. And then for you to turn pro means you have your own name on, uh, an actual skateboard. And then, uh, you know, you might have a signature hat or signature apparel, but a signature shoe uh, is always like the hardest thing to get inside of right. our world. So when I got that, it was like the moment of like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe I actually have a shoe with my name on it. And then to see uh, not only other skaters wearing it, but to see people who weren't mm-hmm. skaters wearing my shoe and not even know who I was. It was like, whoa, this is this is a crazy right. one. So that was probably uh maybe my my biggest accomplishment inside of skateboarding absolutely and um who who was like uh you know somebody in the skateboarding profession that was a mentor to you or just uh somebody you idolized um there were a mm-hmm. handful of people from from like the uh from the point from maybe the standpoint of like my favorite skateboarder uh that would have been a guy Eric Costin mm-hmm. but as far as like who I who I looked up to uh, and kind of really tried to emulate. Uh, it was probably a guy, Jamie mm-hmm. Thomas, uh, and then a guy, Rob Dierick, right. uh, were probably two of the largest. And it was because uh, both of them kind of took who they were as skateboarders and ended up creating more uh, kind of, uh, call it aspects beyond skateboarding. So Jamie Thomas was the first pro that I looked at that, owned a skateboard company and owned a shoe company and owned a clothing company. And like there were so his total, uh, call it brand was like so much more complex than, uh, just like a pro skateboarder, which I thought was so awesome. And then, you know, Rob Deerdick, uh, he was somebody in my life that really pushed me to start thinking outside of skateboarding Mm and looking at ways to, uh, kind of, create more longevity inside of a world that uh doesn't really offer that and then to see kind of what he ended up becoming i I would say those two probably had uh the largest impact on myself Uh, absolutely and um we'll we'll go off topic here for a moment mikey and we'll get back into things uh recently recently i was named an ambassador for bodyguards against bullying what is your message uh during this podcast uh you know against bullying uh, I, I think it's whack. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I, I think more than anything, like we, we think bullying only happens when we're mm-hmm. kids. Uh, but I mean, dude, I still deal with it today. It's like social media has, has really made it so that anyone can have a voice and you don't have to be a physical face in front of mm-hmm. that voice. Uh, so I think there's, you know, the, the idea of bullying has, has definitely become larger, um, but I, I would say this, th- this is probably the greatest message or this is maybe the greatest, uh, thing I've learned through call it right. bullying is that when people are, whether they're bullying you in a, in a way of, 
you know, I think physical harm is something more challenging, but when they're like verbally being a bully to you, it actually never has anything to do with yourself. Right. It, it, it always stems from an issue that they're dealing with. So, you know, I think for us, when we hear somebody say something negative to us, we automatically go, oh my gosh, is, is that person right? Is there something wrong with me? Am I not good at this? But if we can keep in mind that, you know what, it has nothing to do with me. It all has something to do with that person and the pain they're in and really the inability for them to uh, deal with their own pain. Uh, it, it makes, it, it doesn't have as big of a, an effect on you, or at least it hasn't on me once I realized that. So I would say uh, that's been pretty massive for myself in the stance of combating, uh, let's call it bullying or people just being rude or mean or leaving bad comments or just saying dumb things. Right. Absolutely. And um, I appreciate your strong message on that. And we'll get back into things here. Uh, you know, what, what throughout your journey uh, and, and everyone in life, you know, we go through trials and tribulations. We go through ups and downs. What was the time in your journey with professional skateboarding where you just said, hey, you know, I, maybe I want to give up or, you know, maybe this problem I'm facing is just too much to overbear. And what was that? And how did you get past it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, man. So there was a moment for me and for, I I think a lot of Mm -hmm. pro, I shouldn't say pro athletes for people that have a passion and that passion turns into a profession. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we have to almost fall in love with the sport or the craft all over again. And the reason I say that is, once your passion becomes a career, it, it is no longer the same thing in which it was. So when I was skateboarding, I, I just loved the act of skateboarding. That, that was where my passion lied. But once it became a career, they, there, there became so many more components of my craft that it made it, uh, it, I started kind of not enjoying it anymore. And the reason I say that is when, when you have to perform mm-hmm. When you have people criticizing you, when when you haven't basically when your craft's made an industry, it can strip the love and joy out of your initial mm-hmm. passion. And for me, that happened probably like when I was around twenty five mm-hmm. years old, and you know I just found myself like really not enjoying skating anymore. I was like constantly angry. I was constantly complaining. I was throwing and breaking boards. It was just like. It, 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 it had become mm-hmm. bad. And, and that was the only part of my career where I was like, I don't like who I am. I don't like this anymore. And ultimately had to find a new way to fall back in love with it so that I can continue uh, doing my craft. And I would say that was probably the only time where I thought, do I still want to do this? But uh, other than that, uh, I think the challenges were more, uh, they weren't as they weren't so uh, call it defeating or uh, ending. Right. Absolutely, and um, you know, touch on uh, you know we touched on earlier like how can somebody get into this and and if they want to excel, what are some things you know like a, a young man young lady can do if they're if they're if they have the passion for skateboarding and what is like some tips or some secrets that you have? Do you have any uh, you know uh, any any key pivotal things that that those are these are things they must work on if they want to get better and. Uh, these are people, th- these are uh, things they should be doing, how often they should be going and skating. Like what is, what is some encouragement in that, in that area? Well, there's, 
So there's two challenges mm-hmm. at hand. There's the challenge of becoming really good at it. And then there's the challenge of being mm-hmm. discovered. So <laughs> as far as, you know, getting good at it goes, uh, you, you need to just constantly be pushing yourself to uh, improve. And, and I think it's easy for us to, uh, you know, get comfortable uh, because that we, we've kind of got to a point where we're like actually good at something. If, if you want to be great, you have to go beyond good. So basically never allowing a moment where you're not pushing yourself to become better, I would say. Uh, the second component with basically breaking through or being discovered, uh, you know, one of the good things about that is social media has definitely uh, made the accessibility as far as people seeing you right. yourself uh, easier than I think it was in the past. Uh, the challenge is it's more competitive, but you know, once you become good, I would start focusing on maybe even before you get good, I would start focusing on building your own brands on social media channels because you know, companies, companies are going to look at you and go, okay, they're a good skateboarder, but how can I make money mm-hmm. off you? It sounds shitty, but that's the industry. So they have to see that you are going to be able to sell product and they're going to base that off of demand. And if you have a following and have people that are already paying attention to you, it's easier for a company to go, wait a minute, they already have a built-in audience. They already have people that know who they are, enjoy them. I think if I could, if I sponsor them, that would lead in, or that would lead to more sales on the business end, which would make at least a financial uh, make financial mm-hmm. sense of why they would sponsor somebody. So I would say master your craft and build a brand are probably the two biggest components. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, you, you know, you're, you're giving us a lot of knowledge here and, and uh, you know, we're, we're grateful for that, Mikey. Um, touch on a couple of the endeavors, uh, you know, outside of skateboarding that you're working on and, and have worked on. Um, okay. So uh, I have a mm-hmm. skateboard and apparel brand called mm-hmm. Sovereign. Uh, I started a craft brewery uh, called St. Archer. Uh, we started that in 2012. Uh, we ended up selling it to Miller Coors in 2015. Um, currently, I uh, started and am uh, the president of a company called Commune mm-hmm. Capital. Uh, and, you know, part of my journey from skateboarding was trying to figure out how <laughs> to make money outside right. of skateboarding. Uh, and... Uh, a big component of that was not only learning about money, but how to generate wealth. And uh, I, I basically uh, was putting a lot of my money into real estate while I was skating uh, to give myself cash flow for when mm-hmm. my career ended. And once it ended, I wanted to uh, do that with other people. So I started this company with the idea that uh, we would all come together to, you know, increase our purchasing power to buy opportunities that we couldn't buy alone. So uh, we are a community of investors, essentially, uh, that invest with the goal to become financially free. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, congratulations on all your endeavors. Um, Mikey, we'll talk about, uh, you know, like how how has fatherhood impacted impacted you? I see you have some children. Uh, You know, I'm sure it's uh, just such an amazing blessing. Talk about, you know, fatherhood. Um. Fatherhood is the hardest thing I've ever done by right. far. <laughs> it's harder than being a pro skateboarder. It's harder than business. Um, it's it. It's the most selfless, challenging, difficult, 
most rewarding thing mm-hmm. all in one. Uh, and, and I'm constantly challenged by it uh, because one, these, these kids are always changing and it is, it was, it's our responsibility to create, you know, great men and women to go out and succeed in our community in kind of every aspect of life. And a lot of times that brings uh, issues and insecurities and struggles and weaknesses uh, to light that we have. And so, you know, you're constantly having to work through your own crap so that you don't kind of leave that onto mm-hmm. your kids. And it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's an incredible experience, but it is not easy. Uh, absolutely. Means. And, uh, you know, you, you got into professional uh, skateboarding, was it about 19 or 20? Am I, am I correct with that? So mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. talk about that. Like how, you know, obviously, uh, you know, very few people can be pro in something, but to, to do so at such a young age, touch, touch about what that meant to you. And and was it was it one of them things where right away you 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 feel it right away or is it something you have to wait a few years down the road and then you finally say wow I, I really did that you know like I was so young and was able to achieve that. Um, you know, I'm sure it happens, or I'm sure the feeling is different for uh, every mm-hmm. person, but for me, it, I it happens so quickly that uh I, I never well i think there's two there's mm-hmm. two parts of it for me it happened really quickly but i was also really scared of it ending right. at the same time so even though like you know i turned pro when i was 19 i wasn't sure if i was still going to be pro mm-hmm. by 21 let alone 24 and then 26 it was like it it's something that is amazing but scary at the same time because it almost feels like you're living on borrowed wow. time and you you know it's going to end, but you don't know when it's going to end. So it, it it creates this feeling, or at least it did with me, where it was like, you shouldn't totally, you know, accept uh, victory because I don't really know how long this victory is going to last. And instead of, you know, I just never cherished it. I was like, so like challenged to try to figure out what was next because I was so scared about what was next so that was like my experience it wasn't it wasn't what I would would have dreamed of being a pro athlete you know I think we have this idea that like oh you're going to be a pro athlete it's going to be the best life ever and you're going to be rich and famous and all your whole life is going to be good and easy etc and it's like not that feeling it's you know it, it, it not not to take away from it it was you know there were so many parts of it that were awesome and fun and uh, and kind of really, I was lucky to experience, but, uh, you know, there, the other side of it, of what was next, I think overpowered the joy of it, at least in, in my experience. Absolutely. And, um, you know, if, if you could go back, you know, this is kind of a strange question, but, you know, I like to ask people this, if you could go back to your younger self, when you first turned pro, is there any advice you would give yourself? Or, or would you change anything, things like that? And, you know, if so, what would it be? I think the advice I would give myself, and it sounds so cliche, but I would have, I probably would have told myself to just right, be myself. Right. <laughs> that, like, I am enough. I, you know, don't, don't get, I think I would have told myself not to, to value myself based on what others think of me. Uh, to ultimately become comfortable with who I am, how God made me, 
and and don't rely on others to tell me I'm good or bad at something. Like, be good with me is probably what I would have said. My said yeah, absolutely. Myself. And uh, can can you can you go a little deeper with that? Um, can you just touch on the importance of just being yourself and loving yourself and you know whatever your passion and purpose and calling is in life that you chase it, no matter what the outside voices are saying. If they're saying quit, you can't do it. Uh, can you touch on the importance and, and just reassure us on on that a little deeper, Mike? Yeah. Well, I think we as people are trying to ultimately mm-hmm. be happy. And I think being happy is almost impossible without knowing your purpose or why you're here on this earth. And so if you don't know what that is, I think you we have a tendency to rely on others to build us up and make us feel important. Or we rely on our jobs to make us feel valuable or worthy and and it's all kind of in this hope that we can feel accomplished and and proud of ourselves and and from what i found you can't achieve that through others and you can't achieve that through things it's like things go away and people in general are too we're we're dealing with our own shit so it's like to rely on others to give you validation you're you're, you know you're you're gonna live a life that is incredibly uncertain and and has no stability over and i felt that for a long time and so uh you know knowing what i know now uh i would have really told myself that as a kid is like you need to start asking yourself questions that are very uncomfortable and difficult to answer. And for mine, and when I was trying to, you know, truly understand my purpose, which is different than passion, the two questions I had to ask myself is, why am I on this? Why am I here? Like, why am I on earth? What is the point of me being here? Which led to where do I go after this? Is this all I have? Is this, is, is this moment on, on this world the only time I have? Or is there something after I die? And I think that really changes the way you look at what's around you. And I just, you know, I think it's hard to do maybe at, an early, at a young age, but, you know, I probably would have really, you know, drove that message home to my 18-year-old mm-hmm. self of, you, you need to find yourself first or you're not truly going to be able to live life. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I was reading some things uh, on you and it said that you love to learn tricks, whether it's with skateboarding or in life or business endeavors. Touch on that and the importance that we can we are in a constant state of involvement in our wisdom and our knowledge and our mindsets. So uh, I'm going to give an analogy that I heard from a guy. uh, His name's Ed Milet. And I, I, I I think he summed it up perfectly. He, you know, he talks about uh, how he has this idea that when he dies, he's going to see himself at its, at his Mm -hmm. highest potential. So everything that basically imagine like, you know, everything that God created you to do and you performed at the highest level, that's who he was going to meet when he died. And he doesn't want that person. He he doesn't want that person to not recognize himself. So meaning he wants to meet this person and it look as similar to himself. And so, you know, he talks about living his life in this constant 
urgency to improve mm-hmm. and become better to kind of really meet his purpose in life. And, and uh, I, dude, I, I share that same belief. I think like, you know, I want to, I want to leave this earth knowing that like I did everything I was meant to do. And I think if you're not challenging yourself, I think if you're not learning, uh, you can't do that. So uh, I, I think there's that. And too, I just, I really like getting better. I love like, you know, looking back, you know, last year or the year before and seeing how much I've changed uh, in the positive. Now, you know, it's also, you, you could mm-hmm. degress as well as time goes by. And I think that feeling sucks. So I like the idea of uh, just constantly improving. Absolutely. Myself. And, um, you know, as we get ready to conclude things here, Mikey, is there anything uh, that we can expect to see from you in the near future, uh, in the future sometime, you know, as things get better with this uh, pandemic and things of that nature? Like, what can we expect to see from you? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I don't totally Mm -hmm. know yet other than I'll say this. Um, I've seen a lot of people that like, even Mm -hmm. like, like friends of mine that prior to this whole thing happening, were really strong, like really confident. And, and I would have told you if any challenge was put in front of this person's face, they would destroy it. And with this virus, I'm seeing people that were so strong, completely broken right now. It's, I I never thought I would see this much fear and anxiety in this large of a group of people. And I think it's, I think that's the most concerning Mm -hmm. thing, at least for me. And so, you know, I don't know what that means yet. It might be, I, I think more than anything, I'm feeling this urgency that, that, is telling me I need to start paying more attention, uh, trying to either help or be an example to others on the importance of one, not living your life in fear, but two, how you're even supposed to live a life that's, mm-hmm. that's not fear-based. And so I, I, I don't totally know yet how that's going to look, uh, but I'm definitely feeling it kind of heavy on my heart that uh, I need to do something because this is uh, I, I, I've never seen something like this. This is, this is, uh, absolutely. This is kind of crazy it's, to me. Uh, you know, bizarre to say the, the least. And um, you know, I, I appreciate all your mm-hmm. insight, uh, your, your, your immense knowledge, uh, you know, the, 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 the touchings of your career and life and fatherhood and, you know, just, just for you taking time today. And, and lastly, uh, we'll just touch on one last thing. Cause I think I, I really feel like this is going to reach a lot of people that are, I have a passion for skateboarding. So uh, what, how often do you suggest somebody work on their craft? If they're, if they're very serious about it saying, Hey, I want to be a professional one day. How often do you recommend them to work on their craft? Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what I did and that's what ended up working for myself uh, for 25 years. I skated all day, every day, unless I physically couldn't, meaning I was hurt to the Mm -hmm. point of I couldn't walk. And that's what it took for me. So, you know, I started skating when I was still in school. So before school, I would skate, I'd come home, I'd skate until it was dark, I'd do homework, I'd eat, and then I'd go skate in the garage. And that was every single day for me until I turned pro. And then when I turned pro, I never slowed down. It was every second of every day I was skating. So 
uh, I, I think the answer is as much time in the day that you could physically put mm-hmm. towards this craft. That's what it takes to absolutely, be great and at it. Uh, you know, very well said that you know that uh, you have to have an immense work ethic. You have to really be obsessed with the dream and and the goal, uh, whatever that whatever that is. And uh, you know, again, I appreciate all your time, Mike. And uh, you know, may you and your family be safe during this time. All right, yes, brother, sir. I appreciate Take care. it. You as well. 